Well, good afternoon, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference. My name is Kyle Bruce, and I'll be your moderator for today's show. I'm joined by authors Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage, our experts on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can make a difference. Today, we're also going to be joined by a guest because we're going to be discussing the Talent Plus Leadership Toolbox. And our guest is none other than Abby Christensen, who leads our Leadership Toolbox series, and she's going to tell us more about Leadership Toolbox and how it fits into the concepts of managing to make a difference. So just a little bit more about Abby. Uh, so Abby's a leadership consultant for us here at Talent Plus. She works to analyze the, the talents of upper-level executives. She consults with clients all over the globe, and she focuses on especially that, that uh, high-level C-suite type of leadership. But she also happens to be bilingual uh, with uh, speaking Spanish, and she works a lot with our Latin American clients and clients typically all over the globe who might have Spanish as a first language. Uh, so, And she also teaches classes and also leads the Leadership Toolbox series. So uh, welcome to the show, Abby. It's great to have you have you on the show. Thanks for having me. It's fun to join you. So why don't you give us a little bit of, of an overview for, for our listeners of what Leadership Toolbox is um, and how does it enhance a manager's capabilities to be a, a good leader? Perfect. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, Leadership Toolbox is a one-day seminar um, in which we teach and introduce approximately eight tools or kind of techniques that we use at Talent Plus that are a pretty regular part of, of best practices that we give to supervisors and managers and leaders um, that they can use in learning more about their team and their employees' needs and building relationships with them. Um, so it's really geared toward it's appropriate for you know anybody from a first-time supervisor all the way up to an executive leader. Um, so anybody who's supervisor, manager, or leader, as long as you're managing a team of people, no matter how small that team is, you can benefit from the class and the seminar and learn some kind of immediately usable tools to go back and take back to your team to um, work on enhancing the team culture and better understanding your employees' needs. Could you tell us about some of those tools? Which ones are your favorites? Yeah. Um, so just to give you kind of an overview of how it, it breaks out, um, there are some tools that I would say focus more on, you know, the, the relationship building, learning about your employees' strengths, interests, needs. So kind of that discovery piece. And we also loop in a bit of um, using some of those questions to think about where someone would fit best when you're evaluating an open role in your organization. So there's those sort of discovery questions and more about relationship building questions. And then there are a couple of tools that focus more on coaching. So when you have someone in the role and you understand them pretty well, um, but you're either considering promoting them or, you know, maybe somebody's struggling and you're trying to help them be more effective. Um, how do you use those tools to do the coaching for performance type of thing? And then we have some tools that are geared more toward recognition and appreciation and, you know, learning more about how your employees like to be recognized and um, making sure you're doing that in order to build up the morale on your team. So that's, you know, they fit into different categories. Um, some of my favorites are the appreciative inquiry, um, which is, you know, a methodology that we introduce and then we give people time to practice it, to um, explore learning more about how individual people on their team like to be recognized and what's important to them. 
and people walk away from that really just kind of smiling ear to ear and um, enjoying, you know, the opportunity to hear those stories from other people. So appreciative inquiry is something probably a lot of our listeners don't know very much about, but we're fortunate we've got Larry with us today who's a bit of an expert in appreciative inquiry and has been using it for, I don't know, probably a decade or more. So Larry, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what is appreciative inquiry and, and how can somebody maybe use it in their own day-to-day, especially as they're thinking about managing to make a difference? Well, I am happy to do that, and I, I want to emphasize for my listeners that when Kyle said I was an expert, he was doing air quotes, but you can't <laughs> see that on the radio because there are true experts in appreciative inquiry. And I, I uh, in all seriousness, I wouldn't insult those experts by claiming uh, to be one. However, I have studied appreciative inquiry and I have practiced it for a number of years. So I'm at least a practitioner of, of appreciative inquiry, even though even though uh, perhaps I'm not an expert. So what is it? Well, let's look at the two words. We all know what appreciative means. When you're being appreciative, you're looking for the good in something. You're paying attention to the value of something. And when you're doing inquiry, you're asking a question. So appreciative inquiry is an approach that focuses on asking positive questions about a particular situation. So if, for instance, you're trying to uh, improve the culture of your company, if you do it using the approach of appreciative inquiry, you're going to ask questions about what's right about the company, what people value about the company, what they value about the difference it makes in the world, what they value about how they how the company treats their employees and, and that sort of thing. And as we all know, the, the topic of engagement, the word engagement is a major buzzword right at the moment. And with respect to that, we, we know that many companies are doing engagement surveys. We used to call these employee opinion surveys, and now we call them engagement surveys. Uh, and and the, the purpose is slightly different than, than the old ones. But nevertheless, they're focusing on what's wrong. So all of these surveys, and if our listeners have these going on in their organizations, you know what I'm talking about, right? You're taking a survey, and what the, what the survey is looking for is what's wrong. And how can, because we want to improve. So let's find out what's wrong and then we'll decide how we want to improve. That's a standard approach. There is a guy named David Cooperrider who can be considered the father of appreciative inquiry. He, he's a professor at Case Western Reserve. And he noticed something that many wise people have taught over the years. The kind of question you ask controls the kind of answer you get. So if you ask questions related to what's wrong with the company, you get answers related to what's wrong with the company. If you use appreciative inquiry and you ask questions about what's right about the company and when is the company at its best and those kinds of questions, you get answers related to that. And and one of the great things about there's many, many good things about appreciative inquiry. It's not simple. You can Google it. There's lots of information about it out there. Uh, and it's, it's very, very rich with its principles and its approach. Uh, and, and, but you're looking for 
what's right and what's good when you're doing appreciative inquiry instead of what's wrong. And let me just give you a specific example. Suppose in your organization, there are two departments that just aren't getting along. Their communication isn't good. Their, their relationships aren't good. They're pointing fingers at each other about things that are going wrong. If you use a traditional approach, you're going to try to do, do a root cause analysis of why this problem occurred. And so what's wrong? If you use appreciative inquiry, you're going to take the following stance. Now, stay with me. You're going to start with the assumption that despite the fact that communication is generally poor, that relationships are generally poor, and people are generally pointing fingers at each other, it's not happening all the time. You're going to make the assumption that in fact, although that's generally the case, there are exceptions when things have gone well. There are times when communications have been good between those two departments. There are times when they've worked together well. And if you're doing appreciative inquiry, you're going to ask people to find those times and tell a story about them. And you're going to get to root cause analysis of when things went right. And you're going to ask the question, how can we do that more frequently and more consistently? We know we're capable of doing it. You just told me a story about when we did it. Mm -hmm. So why were we able to do it then? And how, what do we need to change in order to do more of it? So it's a very positive approach. And it's looking at the present and the past and projecting into the future things that have worked even if they're, they're in the minority, if they don't happen frequently, they still happen. So the kind of question you ask controls the kind of answer you get. And so when you ask questions about when it's been good, people will tell you stories because it has been good from time to time. And they'll tell you stories. And then you can bring about change through a very positive approach rather than by focusing on what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. So I, I know that's a lot of answer to what's appreciative inquiry. <laughs> but as I say, it, appreciative inquiry is very rich conceptually and it's, it's very rich as an approach. And unfortunately, it takes a lot of words to get that kind of thing across. But I hope that specific example served to help our listeners understand what's the difference between using appreciative inquiry and a more traditional root cause analysis of problems type approach. Well, if you've got a lot of creative people uh, on a team, I think they like appreciative inquiry an awful lot better than, you know, let's go fix the, what's the problem, let's go fix it, where it's, you know, it's all negative and um, could be just focused on coming up with solutions and, and in many cases is less strategic. Um, you know, we've only got about a minute and a half or so left, Abby, but why don't you tell me a little about some more of the other favorite uh, sections of Leadership Toolbox for you? Yeah, I would be happy to. Can I real quick tell you another favorite thing yes, of mine that doesn't ahead. necessarily relate to a specific tool? Sure, you've got about 30 seconds. Okay, so as we do this seminar, we bring, typically, sometimes we go into an organization and do it there. So it's leaders within the same organization, leaders, managers, supervisors within one organization. When we do it here at Talent Plus, we bring, we let anyone from a variety of organizations come. So we end up with a mix of people who all have a lot of variety and richness to their experience and background, some from nonprofits, 
some from for-profit, some from healthcare, some from, from all sorts of industries. And as we introduce these tools and then give them the opportunity to practice and to bounce around different ideas, we've heard that people really, they appreciate also learning from their fellow attendees. They learn a lot from their ideas, from their creative approaches, um, gets them to think about things in a different way and explore things they haven't considered before. Well, thanks, Abby. So we're going to go into a break here. We're going to come back more uh, with Abby and Larry and Kim. We're going to talk more about the Leadership Toolbox. But, hey, we often get feedback. Uh, Today we're going to talk about some questions in our last segment that we've gotten from our audience listeners. But we'd love to get more questions. So if you have a question or you want to make a comment, just hit the click email host button above the podcast description and we'll work those into uh, an upcoming podcast or maybe even later on today. Uh, So join us after the break and we'll talk more with Abby, Kim, and Larry. See you in a few minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference this afternoon. We've been talking to our guest, Abby Christensen, uh, about the Talent Plus Leadership Toolbox. We talked a little bit about appreciative inquiry in our first segment, and and appreciative inquiry is one of the tools that that we provide at the Leadership Toolbox. It's really a focus on, you know, uh, framing up questions when you're thinking about problem solving or trying to build or create something from an innovation standpoint, uh, but focusing questions 
they're more oriented towards the positive uh, to help create with that that framing aspect versus just focusing on what's wrong and how we fix it uh, and more uh, something a little bigger about what could it be? What can we help to create? Um, Abby was telling us also more about the elements of Leadership Toolbox and she was going to tell us more about uh, her favorite elements. So tell us again, Abby, another element of Leadership Toolbox that you get excited about. Okay. One of my favorites and um, it's also usually a pretty frequently mentioned one on the evaluations that we see at the end is the observational screener. What is that? So that is a tool that we introduce to managers to help them think about in a scenario where they have someone on their team that they see as high potential and they're debating about, does this person have the talent to move to a supervisor role? Or if they have someone on their team who's hungry for that and who's expressing that interest in moving up and they want to, as a manager, kind of reflect on their own and think about, do I feel this person? Am I seeing that potential in this person? Um, So it's a series of questions that really pushes them to think about what are the behaviors and strengths that they see that person demonstrate on a regular basis to evaluate is that really in their wheelhouse? Um, should we go for it and promote them? Or, you know, are they someone who maybe that's not the right fit? Or are they someone who we see some glimmers, but we need to do some more development? And it gets them thinking about what are those areas that, you know, maybe they still need some growth in and I could come up with more actionable strategies to help them grow in those areas. I have a question and that is, in addition to people who have maybe expressed an interest in moving up to a supervisory position, could this observational screener also be used to identify potential in somebody who uh, has that potential, but they haven't visualized themselves in a supervisory position? Yeah, yeah. I think if a manager, if they, you know, if they had eight people on their team and they, you know, the manager themselves kind of went through those questions about each person, they might identify someone who has never raised their hand or said anything about, oh, I want to lead people, but they see that that gift in them. You know, that the, the title of the book uh, is Managing to Make a Difference, and it, it, coincidentally, it's the title of this podcast, so sometimes you get these wonderful coincidences. Right. And and if, if, if a manager wants to make a difference in somebody's life, this can one of the most satisfying ways to do this is to see potential in someone that maybe that person hasn't seen in themselves. Mm-hmm. And when you get that right, you you uh, make a an immense difference in that individual's life because you give them, you add to their self-image about what the possibilities might be for them. And when you get this right and then you invest in them, uh, it's uh, it's a big deal. Can, can you share some of the questions on this observational screener? Yeah, let me flip to it. While so, Abby's getting there, I just want to say I love the idea of this tool. Uh, Larry, you and I have talked about this many times on the show um, about this idea of, you know, just because somebody's the best performer in the job they're doing now, that doesn't mean they have the right potential to take that next step up into that supervisory role because that supervisory role, that management role, takes a different um, mixture of strengths and talents than the role that they're being highly successful in today. 
And one of the biggest mistakes managers make is just promoting that best performer without assessing the potential. And so we've talked about that concept a lot on previous shows, but I love that this tool sort of makes it real. So, Abby, I'm excited to hear what some of these questions are. Okay. I have a little sampling of a few of the questions. And, you know, to reiterate, this this particular observational screener is kind of intended for if you're a manager who mainly has kind of frontline coworkers and you're thinking, you know, they're in an individual contributor role, role right now, are they showing some of that potential to move up? Um, so a couple of sample questions, you know, one of them is, um, are they positive when others with whom they work are negative? Um, and it asks you to think about examples of when you've seen them do that. There is a question about... So you don't want them just to answer the question, but you actually want them to think about, think about have you example. seen mm-hmm. them do this repeated mm-hmm. times? Okay. Yep. Um, there's a question about, can they motivate others to follow their direction and leadership? Um, have they stimulated enthusiasm in others within the last two weeks? And a last Sample one, do they share information with others rather than keeping information and tasks to themselves? Wait, you have to so, <laughs> so they, they might they might be leakers. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I was getting ready to go there. You beat me to it. <laughs> In a positive sense. What's yeah. great about this though all. is Fire the observational part. You have to the it's an observational screener because what you're looking for is where have I seen this happen? Even if it's leaks. <laughs> well, and, and is there, in a good way, like a teaching sort of way. <laughs> right. And are there, is it not just did I see it once, but is there a consistent, consistent pattern of it? You know, knowing that this person does this a lot over and over again, you know, looking for those patterns of behavior that, that again, help you to understand maybe uh, consistent performance as well as passions and, and those elements of. But, but besides my pointless humor. <laughs> Uh, the the sharing of information Abby is talking about is where one employee will maybe learn something that's a little bit a better technique. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, hey, you know we can we can make the coffee faster if we do it like this, you know, and we can cut a shave shave thirty seconds off of of making the coffee in the restaurant or or whatever it might be, and then they just like sharing that information with their with, with their associates. That's what. That's what we're talking about. Yes, yes. So one of the other questions is about do they enjoy teaching others to help refine their skills? So, so very simple. Liking to teach, you know, leads, you know, obviously mm-hmm. do you like to coach, teach, mentor other people? It's a leadership yeah. component. Have they met with any Russians in the last six months? <laughs> right. You'll, you'll be happy to know there is another question about it's in, within trust, and it says, to your knowledge, have they resisted opportunities to share confidential information? There you uh, go. There we go. There you go. <laughs> but what are some of the other elements of leadership toolbox that you get particularly excited about, Abby? One other one that well, there's lots that are mentioned as favorites, but we do introduce the concept, the tool of career coaching investment discussions, career investment discussions within leadership toolbox. And Larry, I think this is something that's mentioned in in the book, in Managing to yes, Make a Difference. Yes, it is. And it, it definitely is something that piques people's interest. Why? Um, what, what's, what, what, tell us more about it. I know we've talked about it in a previous podcast, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe one of our listeners hasn't listened to that particular one. So tell us more about what it is and what the goal of a coaching investment discussion is for. Yeah. 
So basically, it's a you know, kind of methodology where we encourage managers and supervisors to have regular one-on-ones with their direct employees, and not from a perspective of a formal performance review or a you know status update, but more of just an opportunity to ask questions about how things are going for that person, to learn more about their individual needs, to learn what they want to learn, to learn about if they have any obstacles they're facing that they need help with. So just kind of that that open time to connect with that person and explore how can I help them be more successful? How can I understand them better in terms of their needs and their strengths? And how can I help them grow and continue to learn? I, I want to add a few cents to this. Uh, this having these having these discussions uh, that Abby just described is one of my favorite things to do as a leader and a manager. Almost all the time, when somebody's direct supervisor calls them into the office, the purpose is that they're going to give you direction. They're going to give you an assignment. They're going to give you feedback about something you did or should have done. Uh, they're, they're going to do those kinds of things. Or they're going to ask you for a status update on your project. Uh, but the, the career investment discussion is on behalf of that employee. When you call them in, the purpose, as Abby explained, I'm going to just repeat that. The purpose is to discover ways that you as the manager can better support the success of the employee. And so that's what the questions are designed to get at. And the most important part of a career investment discussion is not just asking the questions and listening. It's acting on what you have learned in that conversation. So I I used to have a, a standard, which some people may not believe, but my standard was when I had one of these discussions, I wanted to deliver something to that for that person within 30 minutes. And, and it's a tough standard, but I was often able to do that. And, and uh, when I wasn't able to do that, I, I made sure they knew that I didn't forget what I, how I wanted to act on what I learned and, and that I was looking for a way to do that. Well, and those coaching investment discussions really are a replacement for the old traditional performance review, which has been a pretty hot topic in, you know, in talent management news and those sorts of things. Well, we're coming up on a break here, so we're going to be right back in a few minutes to follow up more with Abby and the team on the Leadership Toolbox. And in the fourth segment today, we're also going to answer a bunch of, bunch of questions from our listeners. Uh, so if you're looking for uh, more information about managing to make a difference uh, you can check out our microsite. We've got a lot of supplemental materials. That's at managetomakeadifference.com, where you can download some of the, the different documents and, and supporting information. And if you're also looking to order bulk books for your whole team, because you're probably looking to do a whole reading club series with, with your team, go to 800ceoread.com, uh, and you can order bulk books and, and you get a big discount. So take, take a few minutes to check that out now. I'll be right back with Larry, with Kim, and with Abby to talk more about Leadership Toolbox. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg, Kim Turnage, and our guest today, Abby Christensen. If you happen to be just joining us today, we've been talking about the Talent Plus Leadership Toolbox and how it can be a great supplement to your growth as a manager and uh, in your journey to managing to make a difference. We really talked in the first couple of segments about the elements of the Leadership Toolbox, first with appreciative inquiry, which is a way of really approaching problem solving from a, from a different perspective, focus on asking uh, questions that are more oriented towards the positive in, in the bigger picture, uh, looking for potential. Uh, we talked about looking for potential in someone even when they don't necessarily uh, recognize it themselves using the observational screener uh, and thinking how you can invest in people in that, that way, as well as our coaching investment discussions, which really are a way to replace the traditional performance reviews and how to really make those one-on-one conversations pretty meaningful. So let's talk about some other elements of the leadership toolbox. What are some of the, the other important ones, the ones that get a lot of great feedback, Abby, uh, from the past leadership toolboxes? Yeah, and I'll, I'll try to cover this quickly so we have time to talk about a couple of different things. The talent fit interview is always a popular one. It's a set of questions that we introduce to managers to help them think about 
kind of when they're at the stage of the selection process that they've already evaluated someone's talent and experience and skills. And they've decided this person has what it takes to, to do this role. But then they're at the stage of trying to evaluate more cultural fit um, with the organization. You know, does this person fit with me as a manager and are we going to work well together? So they're trying to learn a little bit more about um, an individual's preferences and work style and, um, you know, how they might fit into the organizational culture. So people, you know, it's a, it's a variety of questions that you can kind of pick and choose from um, as far as which one works, which ones work the best for your organization. And, you know, some of the supervisors and managers who really haven't had as much exposure to those types of questions really latch on to them. So that's one thing that's always a favorite. As we move into the kind of end of the day of Leadership Toolbox, we begin to work on um, tools related to recognition and you know, kind of motivation and appreciation. So um, as part of the appreciative inquiry module, we have them do a set of questions that helps them learn about individual preferences for recognition um, to figure out you know, as we as we know, as as we in this room know, not everyone likes to be recognized in the same way and not everyone's motivated in the same way. So it's a series of questions that helps them as a manager learn a little bit more about what's important to this person. You know, what is meaningful to them? What types of things do they want um, recognition for, for achieving and what kind of recognition is best for them? Um, some people don't like to be recognized in public. <laughs> some people love it and they want to stand on the table and have everybody clap and cheer. So it gets them thinking about those individual differences. And then we explore um, just a, a variety of different ideas for recognition tools and things that you can do that are low cost, um, easy to implement ways to recognize individual employees on your team. And does that imply, does, does that approach apply to incentives as well? Yes, definitely. So there, there are times uh, when there's a particular incentive program in place. And we, we know that uh, the organization, any organization has some incentive programs that they just impose on everybody, and for the right reasons, they, they, they want to reward certain kinds of, of behaviors and certain kinds of accomplishments, and, and, and they have incentive programs related to those things. But managers can also do informal mm -hmm. incentive programs, and, and uh, I, I think it's important to point out that incentives can be person by person. So, for instance, if you're in uh, a sales organization, there's probably incentives in place in terms of commissions, and but there may be an additional incentive uh, for the salesperson who sells the most this month. Now, in most organizations, I will predict for you that it's the same couple of people who always win every month because they're just better at selling and they always come out on top. So, uh, Wise managers might listen to what Abby was saying and say, well, how can I individualize this? And the way I could individualize this is say there's an extra incentive for anybody who achieves a personal best this month. Mm -hmm. And everybody on the sales team now has an opportunity to achieve a personal best. And, and so there are clever ways to arrange incentives so that everybody has a chance 
to earn something for the right kinds of outcomes. Well, and I also see that one of the elements of Leadership Toolbox is a concept called the Strengths-Based 360. Mm-hmm. What, what is that? That just yeah. seems out there a little bit. That is a little bit out there, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is Talent Plus's version of a 360. Um, and, and this version of it is, is more of a tool and a set of questions that a manager could use, you know, with a small group of people. If you had a really large team and you wanted everyone to do it, we also have an online positive 360 that would be a little more scalable. But this one is just a set of simple questions that you can use to, you know, if you were the manager, let's say I was your manager, Kyle, and I wanted to understand better your performance and your strengths, I would go and interview other people on the team and maybe, you know, other people under you, if they had people who worked for you, um, to ask the same questions and to get, you know, from each of their perspectives, what are the strengths that they see in you? What are the things that they appreciate a lot about you? What are some specific examples of times when you've made a difference for them? Um, And then you can also compile that information, kind of summarize it and look for patterns and present it back to the individual themselves as a form of recognition. So either putting it into some sort of like a word cloud or, you know, some some type of note that condenses that and helps the person understand things that everyone really appreciates and sees in them. Let me let me interject. Mm-hmm. M- many of our listeners have probably been through uh, 360 evaluations, which have yes. been popular for many years now. And you will know if you've been through one that it's almost certain that it's been focusing on what's wrong. Where are you? Where are your weaknesses? What do you need to improve on? What is it we are don't like about you? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a painful experience for everybody involved. It's painful for the reviewers to say these things, and it's painful for people to hear them. And and what the strengths based three hundred and sixty is, it's more appreciative. It, the kind of question you ask controls the kind of question you get. So, uh, again, this is based on asking what's right about this person. Where is their potential? Where is this person's strengths? And how can we amplify those strengths? How can we better use those strengths uh, to to contribute more to our success? So uh, the strength-based 360 is actually a terrific positive experience for everybody rather than the traditional approach, which is based on deficiencies. I've even heard, Larry – I, I don't know who it was with or which – if it was a client or just somebody I heard this about. They actually brought in grief counselors to meet <laughs> with people after doing their regular 360s. Now, if you have to bring in grief counselors, maybe it's not working the way it's supposed to work. Uh, it just doesn't seem quite, quite right to me. That's right. Then they should do a 360 on the grief counselors. <laughs> Abby, I've got a question for you. One of the things that occurs to me is that as we move up – into management and leadership roles, there are fewer sources of feedback. Um, there's, there's more that you have to do on your own to understand yourself and develop yourself. To, so in what ways and to what extent do you think that the positive strength space 360 could be something that a manager could use to understand him or herself better? 
Yeah, I mean, I think there are definitely ways that that they could use it. Um, Some of the questions invite some self-reflection to kind of think about yourself and and specific experiences you've had or situations you've been through that, you know, you can maybe self-evaluate some of your strengths. Also, the manager, you know, they could go to a couple of kind of trusted people, either whether that be an informal mentor or you know, or their own leader and and use some of the questions to solicit a little bit of feedback. Um, Interestingly, going back to the observational screener that we talked about before, at times I'll encourage managers after we talk through that tool, I'll say, go through this now and think about these questions about yourself. Um, So these, these types of behaviors that you would be expecting to see in somebody that you would promote you know, are you doing all of these things? (laughs) And are there things that you could be doing more frequently um, or more effectively to, you know, be an even better leader for the team under you? So Abby, you know, we've, we've told the audience about the leadership toolbox. Perhaps somebody is excited about it and says, maybe this is something I should do. I've got a little bit of budget left in my training, you know, budget for the rest of the year. What if a listener wants to attend a leadership toolbox? How do they do that? What's the you know, what's the process or when is the next one? You know, I'm just curious if, in case somebody wants to know that. Very good question. Well, the next one that we have at Talent Plus this fall is on Thursday, October 5th here in Lincoln. Okay. Um, and so, you know, if somebody wanted to come to Lincoln, we would love to have them and they could attend the one here. Otherwise, if people are interested in potentially bringing this seminar into their organization, we also do that too. Um, usually we target classes between 20 to 30 people, um, and we could arrange that too. There is a, um, webpage, like a landing page that we have here at Talent Plus with the leadership toolbox info and a registration area. If you would want to, you know, look at more info and register. So that's at talentplus.com? It's, um, go dot talentplus.com slash leadership toolbox. Perfect. That's very helpful. Well, uh, Abby, thank you so much for joining us today. To tell us more about leadership toolbox. It's been great to have you on the show. And for our listeners, if you uh, would like to go to a leadership toolbox, again, check out talentplus.com and you can see more information about leadership toolbox. We're going to be back right back in a few minutes uh, to talk with Larry and Kim Laborn and answer some questions from our listeners. Um, So I know everybody wants to hear more and get uh, some more pearls of wisdom uh, from Larry and from Kim. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes to talk about managing to make a difference. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. 
Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg, Kim Turnage, and our guest today, Abby Christensen. Uh, we've been talking about the Leadership Toolbox. And just to give a quick recap, uh, the elements of Leadership Toolbox really uh, focus on helping managers to give them, especially if they're new managers, uh, giving them some tools to help them manage in a little bit different way or to really uh, magnify the performance of their team as they think about individualization, you know, recognition and rewards, how to think about fit or observing behavior, now, giving a tool to actually call the observational screener to observe behavior to see if somebody might be ready for a promotion or for some growth and development. Uh, and also uh, a different way to do performance reviews called the coaching investment discussion, as well as then strengths-based 360s, which focus much more on the positive versus the negatives of a traditional uh, 360, which can be quite damaging. Uh and a lot of our listeners have asked about when the next Leadership Toolbox is going to take place. It's going to be October 5th, and it's going to be in Lincoln, Nebraska. And Larry wanted me to make sure to mention that there's no extreme vetting if you're coming to Lincoln. You're welcome to come to Lincoln. Come to Lincoln. Uh, it'll be great to have you here. Um, the weather should still be good. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so we've had some questions come in from listeners, and I just wanted to read a couple of these off and see if we get some feedback from Kim and from Larry on them. So I'll just start with the first one. From a past episode, uh, in most instances, businesses do not have the time to train individuals so they can for so they can look for a certain number of years of experience. So this is focused on hiring for experience versus talent or vice versa. If a manager did not take the, that leap of faith and hire the person regardless of experience but found that the employee was not catching on as quickly as you would like them to, what would you do with the individual at that point? Would you fire him? Would you make him part-time? Would you make a change? Would you keep teaching? What would you do? Kim Turnage is uh, uh, an experienced uh, coach in track and field, and I'd like to hear your take on that question, Kim. Uh, yeah, I, there's a couple different routes on this for me. One is that if you've hired somebody based on potential, you still have to expect to do some training. And the reality is even if you've hired somebody who's very experienced at what you're asking them to do, they still need some training for how to do that in the most effective ways and in the ways that are most aligned with what you're trying to achieve as a business. So you should never expect that you're not going to have to do any training. At the point that you have delivered some training, I think you have to ask yourself, 
have I given this person the training that they need? Have they gotten it the way they need it? Have I attended to their individual needs in this process? And then, you know, when you know that you've done everything that you can do to help someone be successful and they're still not, they probably know it before you do, that this isn't working out. And it's time to have that conversation. Um, And you shouldn't be afraid to quickly recognize when you have made a mistake and correct that mistake in whatever way is possible. Maybe you can recast that person into a different role that is more aligned with what they're good at now that you know them better. Maybe they're just not a fit. In my uh, two or three cents on this, in, in direct answer to the question, which is, I, I want to go back to, the, the, and, and, and Kim Turner did answer this question. I just want to emphasize part of, part of her answer. But I, I, I want to go back and summarize that the question was, you've taken a leap of faith, you hired somebody who didn't have experience, and although you're training them, they're not catching on as fast as you think they should catch on. My, my, I'm, I'm uh, more, much more simplistic than my co-author and partner. Uh, my initial response is give them some more time. They're not catching on as, as fast as you think they ought to catch on uh, and, and understand why they're not catching on. If it's because they're in a wrong fit and this just isn't something they ought to be doing, is it because they just don't want to work as hard as they need to work? It, you know, some things take a lot of practice. Uh, or, or is it that they just learn a little more slowly? Mm-hmm. Or maybe your teaching method, everybody learns differently. Maybe your teaching method wasn't the best method for them, et cetera, et cetera. So there's all kinds of reasons somebody might be not catching on as quickly as you think they should. But my knee-jerk reaction to that is give them some more time and, and start there and start by, by seeing whether your teaching method is the best one for that person. Well, thank you, Kim. Thank you, Larry. I've got another question here from, uh, from a different listener. And they say, why do employers use years of experience as a requirement when, you know, when recruiting and, and posting their, their jobs? They say, I think it's because they do not want people, uh, they have to essentially train to do the job. They want someone who's been there and done that. Do you think employers do have a point in their thought process about hiring only people that know how to already do the job and have the job skills? What do you think about that? I'm going to jump on this one. It's a hot button for me. The answer is no. I don't think employers uh, have a good point. I think it's a lack of wisdom. It's, it certainly is something objective that an employer can, can base a decision on. You have the experience or you don't have the experience. So, so in that sense, it's objective. So I kind of get why people believe that and they believe if you have more experience, uh, you're likely to do a better job. But here's, here's the lack of wisdom. If you hire an employee and you give me a list of all of that employee's deficiencies, every single one, there's only one that I can guarantee we will fix, and that's lack of experience. Because I guarantee you, if you start today, three years from today, you have three years experience. That is the only deficiency that is guaranteed to correct itself. So why make that one the ticket to admission? 
you know, that one is the one we know is going to go away. That's why it's a lack of wisdom, ladies and gentlemen. And, and when you start focusing on talent, potential, aptitude, rather than experience, you expand the pool of people you're willing to make job offers to. You will wind up with more diversity because experience and education present barriers to minorities and to people in other protected classes and to women. They are traditional barriers. So if we can escape the narrow thinking of demanding experience, if we can just let that go and start focusing on what someone has the potential to do, you will wind up with more diversity in your organization. And that's a big issue for all of us. So that's my, that, that's a hot button for me. Well, thank you, Larry. Well, I'll add on to that. uh, You know, you can add something. You can add that someone has the training to do it. Maybe they haven't had the job yet. Maybe they don't have the experience, but you can still have an objective criterion about training if you think that you need one. It expands your pool, as Larry says. Perfect. Thank you both. Uh, great, great discussion and helping to answer some of those questions. Um, you know, we've had a great show today talking about Leadership Toolbox. And, and really, in many ways, Leadership Toolbox is a great reflection of all of the, you know, the various lessons and chapters and stories in managing to make a difference. So if somebody's looking for that sort of experience, they should really check out talentplus.com and look for the Leadership Toolbox section. Larry and Kim, I'm looking at um, our, our episode for next week, and it's called Investing Your Time with Top Performers. Could you give us a very quick preview? We've only got about 30 seconds. Yes, we're going to ask our listeners, who are you spending your time with? Your poorest performers trying to get them to perform better or your top performers? Focus on top performers. That, that's going to be interesting and exciting, I hope. So, well, a big thanks to our guest, Abby Christensen, and to our authors, Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage, for sharing their wisdom today about managing to make a difference. I appreciate everybody's time. I hope our listeners have a wonderful week. If you have more questions or you're curious about some uh, tools that you can implement, go to www.managetomakeadifference.com to check out our microsite. Well, that's all we've got time for today. We'll see you next time for Managing to Make a Difference. Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.